I failed to mention in prayer time to Nathan Cagle, Mary Jane Gillen's husband, Paul's brother-in-law, will begin his treatments this week. Uh, had pneumonia, was been in the hospital, and they've moved up his treatments for his cancer. So please remember Nathan and Mary Jane. Big oil fire in Texas. Massive. The well was on fire. And the owner of the well was losing a lot of money not being able to produce the oil. So he offered a prize of a million dollars. Come put the fire out and you get a million bucks. Remember the name, the name Red Adair? Remember Red Adair? He put out fires for a living. He and his crew flew in in their helicopters to a safe distance from the well to assess the situation. They were on the cell phones and satellite phones of people all over the world ordering equipment to get this situation in hand. And they told the owner of the well, in four to six weeks we should have it out. As they're there watching a cloud of dust starts coming across the Texas flatland. And they watched this cloud of dust and then they could hear a siren. And next they saw an old dilapidated fire truck. The truck passed their safe corridor and headed straight for the blaze. And they watched with wide eyes as the little truck went into harm's way. Their mouths dropped as the truck parked right on top of the fire and the men on board got out and put out the fire in a jiffy. The men had done it. Amateurs who had never dealt with an oil fire in their lives had won the million dollars. When asked what they were going to do with the money, they all agreed. The first thing they were going to do was get the brakes on the fire truck fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing how to stop is important. I've told, I think, the story of the gift given to me in Mississippi. It was a large cardboard tube that the railroad used to haul newspaper in, paper goods. And why it ended up at our house, I don't know. And our kids were young, and I was younger. And our house had a long, sloping front yard. And so somehow I ended up in the tube, crouched up. And one of our family members gladly gave me a push <laughs> down the long sloping front yard. Momentum and gravity, gravity and laws of physics took over and I began to fly in this tube down the yard. And you have to know that I, I get motion sick real easy. I can't watch, I couldn't watch my kids play video games. Those made me dizzy. I can't ride a carousel horse. I can't do it. And now I'm in a tube going, Oh, ministerially speaking, three, four hundred miles an hour down the yard. <laughs> and I earth and sky, earth and sky, and you could see that. And, and then I began to think there are huge hickory trees at the bottom of the yard. <laughs> and then there's a road, Commerce Street. And then there's a ditch on the other side of Commerce Street. And I, I really hadn't thought the whole episode through when I got in the tube at the, the top of the mountain on Commerce Street, headed down to the bottom. 
Fortunately, I missed the trees, and when it leveled out, it stopped. But knowing how to stop is important. Today, we continue in our series called Great Expectations. Three weeks ago, be fruitful. Two weeks ago, be imitators of God. Last week, Mitch led in being cheerful, I believe. And today, be still and know that I am God. Before we go further, let's pray. Father, thank you for this room filled with still friends. Help us to know you are God. Help us to never be too busy, too anxious, too preoccupied to just stop and just to know. Father, teach us from your word today. Let your spirit guide us in all of our days to make this part of who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalms 46 begins in verse 1 with these words. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. And so as Psalms 46 goes on, we're told that God is with us. And we're told to look at all of the things that God does. And then in verse 10, we are given some advice that all of us could benefit from. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The word still is translated from the Hebrew word rapa. And it means to slacken to let down, to cease. It has a picture to some of two people fighting until someone separates them and makes them drop their weapons. Stop all the fighting. Stop frantic activity. Let down. Stand down. Be still. And then the element that we as God's people have to have once we are still we would then look to God to help us in the midst of all that's going on. Perfect example. One day the children of Israel stood beside the Red Sea. The chariots of Pharaoh's army were coming across towards them. And they were trapped. And they were outnumbered. And they were scared. And they were goners in their mind with no hope whatsoever because there was no way out. Here's the situation. Exodus 14, beginning in verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his officials were changed towards the people, and they said, What have we done letting Israel out and leave our servants? So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his chariot drivers, his army. They overtook them camped by the sea at Teherah in front of Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites saw it and they looked back and there were the Egyptians advancing. 
In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, as they complained, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing out of Egypt? They have forgotten the plagues. They have forgotten God's hand. They've forgotten all that God has done. Verse 12, Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the wilderness. And that's the only option they saw. All that could happen as a result of what's going on is their death. Moses, and I love Moses, Moses knows something they don't. Moses has a connection that they don't have, unfortunately. And he tells them the strangest thing. The verses 13 and 14. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Now, do you think they listened after anything more, to anything else he said when he told them, don't be afraid? Of course we're going to be afraid. Pharaoh's going to kill us. Do not be afraid. What's wrong with Moses? Stand firm. You've got to be kidding. Stand firm against what? With what? Then Moses said, and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you'll never see again. And they probably agreed with that because they thought they'd be dead. We'll never see anybody again. We're gone. And then in verse 14, Moses said something that's so good. The Lord will fight for you. And you only have to keep still. That might be the most, the, one of the most difficult things for us to do in tough situations is to be still. Now the people of Israel have a choice. Do we trust our faith, what Moses has told us, or do we get busy and fight? Should we build, be still, or go a hundred miles an hour? We weren't there, but I wonder what we would have chosen. You, of course, know what happened. God split the Red Sea in half. Moses and the children of Israel walked through on dry land. And when the Egyptians pursued them, God made Baptists out of every one of them and baptized them and their horses. The threat was gone. But being still and knowing how to stop, that can be tough for all of us. It can go against every grain in our body. Why do we do it? We learn in the stillness. We find God in the stillness. We learn trust in the stillness. And we know that He is God in the stillness. Let's look at a New Testament illustration. Luke chapter 10. As they were on their way, Jesus and His disciples, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha, Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. 
Mary had no problem doing still. She could do it. Martha, not so much. Luke tells us that Martha was distracted by her many ta tasks. The original language means loaded down, encumbered. She had a plate full. And Martha was so ticked at Mary for being still that she went to Jesus to complain. Tell my sister to get out of there and to come in here and help me. And Jesus gave her an answer that she didn't want to hear. But all of us need to. <clears throat> Verses 41 and 42. The Lord answered her. Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. What Jesus is telling Martha is that Mary knows how to stop. You need to learn how to. But we live in a distracted world. On any, any given Sunday, people are distracted from being in worship. On any given day, people are distracted from quiet times, praying, looking to God at all. I've always contended one of Satan's biggest weapons is distraction. And he wants to distract us from being still <clears throat> and from knowing. Being still is so important that God commanded it in the Ten Commandments, didn't he? Exodus 20, beginning at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your male, your female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. It is so important that God says, every seventh, be still. Joy Davidman the wife of C.S. Lewis said this about the Sabbath. On this day, man returns to the Garden of Eden. The curse of Adam is lifted somewhat, and we're allowed to catch a glimpse of the Garden of Paradise where everything God made was very good. On this day, we are commanded to enjoy and to be still. And it is true. And here we are. God blesses that. In answering God's call today to be in His house, we're living up to God's expectation of stillness. But what about tomorrow, Tuesday, and the rest of the week? We need to set aside time and do that. Martin Luther was asked one day what he was going to do the next day. And he, he responded he was so busy the next day that if he didn't begin with three hours of a prayer, he wouldn't get everything done. He knew the importance of the quiet and the stillness to draw strength and wisdom. His priority was to be still and to know. While I was sitting here getting ready to come up, I thought about Todd Beamer, who 
said let's roll and the plane crashed in the field in Pennsylvania and I thought about he, how active he was and how what an American hero he is but do you recall what he did before he did that great thing he was on the phone with an operator saying the Lord's Prayer still in his life to do something when I say be still, I don't mean 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean to prepare yourselves for the things that God has for you. I read once of a young lumberjack out in the woods cutting a huge tree with an axe, just swinging it away. He hit and hit and hit and hit, and not much was happening. Not much bark was flying. He was barely making a dent. He was getting nowhere. He was exhausted. He was weary. And an old, experienced lumberjack comes by and sees him and he assesses the situation. He said, boy, your axe is dull. You need to stop and sharpen it. And the young lumberjack shook his head and replied, I'm too busy to sharpen my axe. And he kept swinging, getting nowhere. Knowing how to stop sharpens our axe. So take advantage of stopping. You have today. Do it tomorrow on your own. Be still and know. God expects it. Let's pray to God.